No fear. No political correctness. No wokeism. You're listening to Underground USA. Thanks for downloading and tuning in. My name is Frank Salvato. Before we get into this morning's segment on America's Third Watch, wanted to point out that you're going to hear a little bit of a different quality over there. We've instituted some new protocols that allow me to go directly through the board because I am in a separate studio than uh, than Kyle is. Uh, I think you'll be pleased because it doesn't sound like I'm on a phone anymore, which is kind of nice. I also want to point you towards the lead story over at Underground USA, The Death of Mainstream Media Credibility. It centers a little bit on the Israeli-Hamas situation that's going on, but as you get deeper into the article, it starts to talk about why we're in the place we're in where the media can't be trusted and who brought us to this point. It's got some meat to it, and I think that when you have discussions with people who are not of like mind, and I hope you're doing that, some of this information will be useful. And then remember, um, the second podcast of the week, we've got a new feature called Corner of the Bar, where we talk to everyday people from all walks of life about their concerns and what's, what's interesting and concerning to them so that we can get a pulse of what Main Street is thinking, not what the polling industry is saying and not what the pundit industry is saying and ironically not what the uncredible mainstream media is saying that comes in the in the second offering of the week when we come back this morning's segment on america's third watch you're listening to underground usa handcrafted exotic blend teas at the lowest shipping cost anywhere hi I'm CJ, owner of the Emerald Coast Tea Company. We ship our premium gourmet blends with Sindel, offering you the lowest shipping prices anywhere, while also being carbon neutral. Excellent tea at the right price. Check us out at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mom's tea. News, insight, passion. AM 930, The Answer. And without further ado, let's bring in our good friend Frank Salvato from UndergroundUSA.com and the author of the book, Nullification. Good morning, Frank. Mr. Kyle. Good morning. Well, you know, I think our astute listeners will will hear a little bit of a difference this morning. <laughs> We're doing something new, folks. We're connecting our studios together uh, a little differently now, and uh, we've got Frank uh, coming through on the uh, on the high high quality line here. So it's great to hear your voice. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't want to scare the listeners and thinking that I'm in the room with them. But yeah, the quality did get a little bit better, didn't it? <laughs> it certainly did. Well, Frank, there's so much going on. I, I just can't wrap my head around what's happening. Um, I, I think one of the questions I'm, I'm looking at this morning is, are there any off ramps at all? for what what's happening in the Middle East, or is there an inevitability here, especially when our officials in this country say, hey, you know, something uh, something could be in the offing? Well, I don't see 
Israel pulling back from going into Gaza and trying to annihilate Hamas at this point. I don't think it's doable. I think that's a long slog because every time that they do something that the the Iranians, and I'm going to say it's the Iranians because, let's be honest, these people are the ones funding it. They're the ones orchestrating it. They're the ones that scream death to Israel every Friday before prayers. Um, you, to deny that, Iran is behind this in a major, major way, if not strategically, then financially is to is, is to just be naive. Every single time Israel wants to to advance into Gaza to take care of the people who started this, uh, Iran's going to kick it up a notch and they want this. Iran wants the confrontation, not only with little Satan, they'd love a confrontation with big Satan. So everything Israel does to defend itself, Iran uses as a catalyst to say, well, let's try and get the U.S. to shoot. We want the, we want the U.S. to shoot because then we can go all in and we're going to see this. And we talked about this last week a little bit. We're going to see this unholy neo-axis power start to collase. You're going to see Russia come down on the side of Iran. You're going to see China come down on the side of Iran. You're going to see North Korea come down on the side of Iran. And when people say that at this time, today, that we're facing a global conflict, you have to consider it. Indeed. I think this is what people are really, really concerned about. And uh, I, I appreciate what you're saying. I, I think that uh, for some reason, it just seems like there's a confluence here to try to, I think, you know, get the United States to do something that is a precipitous act in their estimation. And then they think they're off and running. And of course, the Iranian foreign minister saying, you know, things can start up on the northern border with Israel because they also own and run Hezbollah, basically. Absolutely. And we've got a very weak leader in the United States. We've got our own um, cultural battle in the United States that is front and center. Um, so that kind of we're rudderless. The West is rudderless in this conflict. We we've put two aircraft carrier groups in in the in the Mediterranean, and that's a good thing. Um, we've got intelligence apparatus kind of ramping up after the major failure that allowed those rockets to come into into Israel in the first place. But for all practical purposes, with Joe Biden in office, we don't have a a world leader in the West, who has the wherewithal, the intelligence, or the gumption to be able to take the hard stands that need to be taken on this. And in your introduction, you said, you know, you were confounded by by all the demonstrations. Oh, I, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I, I, I can't see where... Uh, we win that propaganda battle in the West when you have a mainstream news media in the West that is propagandizing for the pro-Palestinian lobby. Yeah, and, you know, we we saw this happen with the hospital, uh, with the rocketing of the hospital. It was proof positive, and it, and it's there for all to see that it was a rocket that came came a misfired rocket from the Palestinian from the Hamas Hamas contingent, yet. New York Times ran with it, Washington Post ran with it, CNN ran with it, BBC ran with it. Uh, 
you can't win. Our telephone number, of course, 949-822-7959. That number again is 949-822-7959. If you'd like to call in and be part of the program this morning with our good friend and our regular contributor, Mr. Frank Salvato from UndergroundUSA.com. And then also, of course, uh, from uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the author of the book, Nullification. I'll get it right in a second, huh, Frank? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, you know, what's the old adage? Uh, I, don't, I don't care what you call me. Just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, kind exactly. of applies. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, um, we're having a great time on the program this morning, obviously, but the subject matter is very, very serious indeed. And it looks like we actually have a telephone call. If you'd like to go ahead and take a call here real quick. Absolutely. Okay, here we go. So, all right, line one, you're on the uh, you're on the air. What's your name? What you where are you calling from? It's Matt Cam and Bob from Palm Harbor, Florida. Hey, Matt Cam and Bob. Good morning. Good morning. I wanted to ask Frank two things. Number one is how is uh, President Trump doing in his struggles? And number two is what about the uh, decline of Ron DeSantis? Do you think he's done? And is Nikki Haley or one of them are going to take his place? What do you think, Frank? Well, uh, let me address DeSantis first. Um, he's got a new campaign manager, and they pivoted pivoted their strategy to uh, pull back for a little bit. You know, the, the danger in, in presidential politics is peaking too soon. You, you don't want to pull a Taylor Swift where everybody starts getting sick of you because you're all over the NFL. And that's kind of what was happening with DeSantis. Not that his policies are bad. His policies are fantastic. You know, he like I mentioned last week, that they chartered a plane from the state of Florida and got people out of Israel, 300 of them. So the man still does an exquisite job at government. So we have to wait and see how his campaign gets closer to um, the peak of silly season, because this this election campaigning season started way too early agreed yeah yeah people are going to start burning out on everybody and that's kind of what DeSantis and his team saw happening you can't keep it 100 percent at full throttle from the end of the last election to the next election because people will just tune out so the way i see him acting right now is he's pulling back so that he doesn't flame out um, that's that's a danger that Donald Trump has, although he's got a very potent following. Now, he said, how's Donald Trump doing? Well, he's he's in the same trick bag that he's been in since the indictments came down. They are going to slow walk all of this stuff to make sure that they can marry him in the news cycle to negativity. Right. That's all they want to do. Now, in, in hotbed places where there's a lot of Trump supporters, that's not going to matter. You know, his core base, unless they come up with a, with a film of him that is just damning or, or a recording that's just damning, his core base is going to be with him. That's it. Just like, just like a, the Democrats will say, oh, I don't care if you uh, run. You could run someone as ridiculous as Joe Biden and we're going to vote for him. Those core things – they stay constant. Elections are one in the middle. So if you flame out with the attention span of the people in the middle or you get a media running negativity about you and it starts to that constant repetition starts sinking into those people in the middle, 
that's going to affect your chances in in November. Indeed. So so where Trump is concerned, he's got to have an aggressive media campaign, and that's where the judge in, uh, who tried to gag order him is absolutely wrong. He is violating his First Amendment rights to a free speech and, and to gathering. I could make that argument as too, the right to assemble. Um, DeSantis, I think he's doing the smart thing. Let's let's fade back into the shadows for a little bit and then come out with all guns blazing closer to when it would be potent for that middle. Well, indeed. So, backgammon, Bob, what do you what do you think about that? I agree. I think uh, my my dream ticket. I think, and I'm not all that hot on Trump anymore. I should like, but I think he's he's just got too much baggage and stuff. My best ticket, I think, would be DeSantis and Nikki Haley. If I if I had to pick two people, that would be it. Interesting. Interesting. The wild card here is is going to be the independent campaign of Kennedy. Because there is a there is a large group of independents and the people in the middle who absolutely positively do not want to see a rematch between Trump and Biden. They they know Biden is a is a damaged non performer, and they just they're they're flaming out on on Donald Trump. I've, Bob is like the the fifth person I've heard in the last week saying, you know, I voted for him last time. He did a good job, but I'm, we just need to move on. And and that's that yeah. that tells me that that negativity is is starting to stick to him. So unless his PR team comes out with something dramatically different, uh, Kennedy's going to be the wild card, and we're going to have to see where he's taking votes from. Well, I think you're right. And there's also this factor of inevitability. The American voter doesn't necessarily like to simply be told, well, it's inevitable. You know, it's a why even try? And, uh, you know, the polls are just so far ahead. And where the base, that might be a very big deal. Uh, the independents or those in the middle, like you're talking about, uh, they, they may say to themselves, well, wait a minute. I, I want to, I just want to make a different choice because I can at this point. But also the length of time you're talking about that's so important as well because we're just saturated with the election cycle but but don't you think frank that now that this has happened in the middle east is everything gone out the window from the last gop debate i mean it's almost as if none of that even applies at least for now i've got to be honest when you don't have the 500 pound gorilla in the room for a debate what are you for a debate what what's it worth right yeah. You know, I mean, that's 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 the problem with the debates. If the GOP, if if uh, if Roma McDaniels had a brain and and honestly, that answer's still out. I, I don't know. I, I think she's a, a little bit of a political opportunist and she, all she cares about is power. If she had a brain, she would say, you know what? De- we don't even debate anymore. Those things aren't debates. We're not taking a point and debating the point. It's a it's a gotcha festival for the media. Why don't we take the time we have on national television and break it up and let the candidates explain their platform? Don't debate anything. Just let them explain their platform so they have a national voice all at once. Let's stop with the name calling and and the and the and the 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 gotcha stuff and and just say hey okay we're talking about the Middle East this time right 
Explain right. what your stance is about the Middle East and how you'd go through it. And let everybody have their time without interruption. Well, but then you couldn't have any fun as Tim Scott did. And I think it was kind of a misstep when he started talking to Nikki Haley about picking curtains for the office or something. I thought yeah. that was that was an, that that just fell flat, but not quite as flat as Mike Pence and his attempted humor and jokes. Yeah, and and right. they're not comedians; they're politicians. So knock it off, <laughs> knock it off with a, right. I want to I want to seem witty. Yeah, right. I think back, Amababa. Is one more question. I think in the debates and stuff, as you mentioned, I think one of the biggest problems with the debate is that they have audiences. And I don't think they should have audiences in the debate because I think that kind of pollutes the atmosphere of the bias of whichever group in the audience can cheer the loudest, so to speak. Well, it does influence the the viewer and and the listener for sure. And you know, if you're gonna if we're gonna do the, what I explained to do, which is to highlight on the platforms, I don't care if you produce your segment. I, I don't care if you if you take your fifteen or twenty minutes to talk about the Middle East and completely produce it. But I, but inform me about something. I don't, I don't care if you're witty. I don't care if you have staff that, that thinks they're comedy writers for late night television. And I, and I don't care for the name calling and the divisiveness. It makes us look petty. Indeed. Well, we're going to come up on the break here in just um, a few seconds. So back M and Bob, thanks for calling. We'll talk to you again real soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Kyle. All right, Frank, can you hang on for another segment? You bet. All right. Stay right there. Everybody out there, stay right there. Everybody's going to stay right there. <laughs> State Farm says they're a good neighbor. But would a good neighbor target five-year-olds for conversations about sexual identity? State Farm did. For six months, they asked employees to donate guides to being transgender to public schools. Books aimed at making kindergartners question their identity. How do parents know where State Farm put these books? What's State Farm doing about it? Visit AskStateFarmWide.com. Ticketmaster's parent company is going woke. They want you to forget about the ridiculous service and convenience fees they charge that nearly double ticket prices. Ticketmaster got caught hacking their competitor to keep customers from getting lower prices. And parent company CEO Michael Rapino laid off workers in droves while raking in millions. It's why Ticketmaster is one of the most hated companies in America. Michael Rapino, Ticketmaster, serve your customers, not woke politicians. That's right. Oh, what a night. Of course, oh, what a morning uh, here on the program, folks. Kyle Warren with you. We are glad to be with you as we travel through the overnight hours all across America, sort of completing our four-hour flights over over the United States. And if you look out over your on your left side of the aircraft there, you'll see the Grand Canyon. So <laughs> later on, we'll see. You may even see Mount Rushmore. I'm not exactly sure yet, but uh, we're just glad that you're along with us here as we go through the overnight hours. Don't forget, the telephone number is 949-822-7959, 949-822-7959. If you'd like to call in and be a part of the program, maybe you have a question uh, for Frank Salvato, uh, who's uh, sticking with us here for another segment this morning, as uh, we now have our wonderful, high-quality, big-time connection together now. So this is really great. Good morning again, Frank. 
Mr. Kyle. I was gonna gonna chime in there when you were doing the uh, the airplane analogy and said, and off to the left side of your aircraft is a Chinese spy balloon. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, which we will not shoot down, by the which way. Which we will not <laughs> shoot down. <laughs> smile, smile for the cameras will be transmitted to Beijing in maybe fifteen minutes. <laughs> I, I know. I mean, even thinking back to that, it was kind of like, well, we don't want to do anything about it because it could come down in a vastly unpopulated area of the country. But yet, you know, they were, quote unquote, afraid it would do something. But it seems to me that, I don't know, in yesteryear, they would have just blown that thing out of the sky. Yeah. And said, look up, don't get hit. That's right. Because why? Because it's a national security problem. You yeah. have, you know, this thing flying over your country. Instead, let's let them take high-definition pictures of our missile silos. <laughs> I know. I mean, we're laughing about it, but it's, it's incredibly serious. Yes. You know, there's, uh, there's so much wrong with this administration that if you didn't laugh at the ridiculous stuff, you'd go insane. Exactly right. Oh, absolutely. You know, and this is – I'm so glad you brought all this up, too, because, you know, what we're seeing happening, I'm feckless – is not even the word to use for what's happening in the Middle East right now, at least in terms of how we're responding, because last time I checked, they're still holding Americans hostage. Americans were still killed in the massacre. Yeah, if any, if anybody thinks that we're going to get out of this because of a negotiated peace, then they don't understand. A, they don't understand uh, fundamentalist Islam, because they routinely execute what are called hudnas, which is, to the West, it seems like they're agreeing to a ceasefire. It's disingenuous. They use these ceasefires to rearm, retool, and re-strategize to make another wave of aggression. And, and if, you, if you've read the Hadith and you've read the Quran, then you understand what a Hudna is. Um, but if you think we're going to get through this without seeing somebody lose their life on, on a video who happens to be an American, then again, you're naive because these these people's trade and craft is terrorism. And, and if they can make a viewer or, or, or someone in their presence terrorized, if they could terrorize them, that's the goal because then you'll refuse to act. And, you know, if if they're trying to goad us into shooting, what better way? Because if Biden doesn't do something about it, then he's really done. And the Democrats are really done. If he does do something about it, then you've got this collazing of that neo-axis power. So there's no winning here. They play, Iran played three-tier chess, and Biden was playing checkers. Right, yeah, two-dimensional checkers. Exactly right. Yeah, this is, this is um, it, it just gets worse every day. Because you know, we can hearken back to different presidents or different times, but this just seems to be something where, and, and again, I thought the adults were supposed to be back in the room, you know, that finally Trump is out of office and we bring the adults back in. And it seems like the adults, you know, either don't understand it or don't care or want to bend over backwards for Iran for a nuclear deal, which is terrible for everybody. The the anti-Trumpites, the people like Rob Reiner and, and George Takai and the people who are still foaming at the mouth about Trump, um, the, the whole neo-fascist left in the United States today, they're petulant children. 
They're petulant children. All they care about is getting their way. There is nothing that Trump did when he was in office that was bad for not only the United States, but the West. Minority homeownership was up. Uh, pe- uh, people's, people's mortgage rates were down. Gasoline prices were down. Everybody's homeownership was up. Uh, the economy look is, was looking bright. China wasn't doing what they're doing today. There was no war in Ukraine. You know, we were getting rid of CRT and all that other ridiculous Marxist crap. Excuse my language, but that's what it is. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, in the, in the schools, and now it's it's metastasized into being accepted by the Fortune 100. So right. th- this neo-fascist left in the United States, you have to view them as petulant children. They will kick and scream and whine and moan and create a scene in the middle of the supermarket if they don't get their way. And the only way to vanquish that is to ignore them and search for the adults in the room. And that's a task when you're dealing with a, with a, with a media that won't allow intelligent voices to get to the public. Indeed. Well, you know, just I think this uh, last weekend, Joe Biden was quoted as saying that, you know, well, they, the Hamas attacked because Saudi Arabia was trying to normalize relations with Israel, almost as if he just figured that out. But yeah. but for real, let's say just go right back before Biden came into office. The Trump administration had really been able to parlay a lot of this stuff and they were able to get uh, to a baseline, and which was the baseline for the Abraham Accords, and things were actually looking up in the Middle East in terms of realizing that they had to contain Iran. Yeah, when you can get Saudi Arabia to start talking to Israel, that's a big, big thing. You that's know, huge. This, Saudi Arabia is the is the keeper of Mecca, and uh, the, you know the relationships between between Islam and and the and the Jewish people have never been warm. And I doubt that they ever will be warm because the mantra that echoes every Friday through the Middle East is death to Israel. Let's push them into the sea. Right. Yeah. And and, that, and they're actually really serious. You know, if yeah. they had their way or they had they, or they felt like they could deploy nuclear weapons or something, you know, they would do this. I mean, in other words, this is where they're coming from. By the way, Frank, we've got another caller on the line. Uh, if you like, we'll go ahead and take another quick call. Sure. Okay, here we go. All right, uh, line two, you're on the uh, you're on the air. Hey, Frank. Hey, uh, Kyle. This is James in Clearwater. Hey, James in Clearwater. Um, Good to hear from you. Basically, what this boiled down to is uh, your classic good versus evil battle. And um, it's gotten to a point that people really don't get on their knees. We might wind up on the losing end of this. And, uh, you know, the whole push in the classroom is let's get rid of these dead white guys. We don't want to have anything for them to say. And yet Robert Louis Stevenson, in fact, um, Brimma Matthews in a new book, A Gifted Curse, puts it right on the very first thing. She says, in each of us, two natures are at war, the good and the evil. All our lives, the fight goes on between them, and one of them must conquer. But in our own hands lies the power to choose, and what we want most to be, we are. And that's Robert Louis Stevenson, and he's one of the dead white guys they try to get rid of. (laughs) Right. So, so, uh, so, so so what do you think, James? Do you think there's, there's any solution to this or are we on a path to an inevitable huge conflict? Well, we would face the same thing after world war one. And there was an, uh, uh, event that happened on, uh, 
13th of October, um, Three Little Shepherd uh, kids saw the Virgin Mary appear, and she said that uh, people get on their knees, say a rosary, and uh, turn their lives around. Uh, Russia will be converted, and her errors will stop. If they don't, there'll be a worse war, and their, her errors will spread. And guess what? People didn't. World War II came along, and we're right back where we are now, right on the very urge. And I say, <laughs> on your knees, turn your lives around. Um, if my people mm-hmm. but, uh, hear my voice, um, get on their knees and pray and repent, then I'll heal their land. Paraphrase, but uh, that's the way it is. He gives us the answer. Why? Why turn your back on it? You know. Well, we appreciate the call very much, James. I'll give uh, Frank here a couple of moments to respond because we're heading to the break. But thanks for calling. We'll talk to you sure again thing. soon. Have right. a good thing. Have a good one. Take care. Thanks, James. What do you think, Frank? We just got about uh, fifteen seconds. Yeah, we're we're in the middle of a of a multi front cultural revolution and now a shooting war in the Middle East and both of those things relate to each other so unless we start paying attention and standing up and saying and doing the right things, there is a possibility we may not win this Indeed. Frank Silvato, UndergroundUSA.com, author of the book Nullification. We'll talk to you again on Monday, sir. Stay low, my friend. Thanks, you too. Frank Silvato everybody and we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. If you like the podcast, subscribe, leave a comment, rate it if your platform lets you. Head on over to undergroundusa.com and sign up for the Substack, which circumvents the fact checkers and the censors. And be sure to pick up your copy of Nullification, the case for decentralizing the federal government, available in Kindle format and in paperback over at amazon.com. You're listening to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato. We'll be right back after this. This podcast is a production of the Compass Point Group.